It's Tony Law. This is my podcast here. My robot friend will feature also. Let's meet up inside. What was the question? Please continue talking while I set the levels accurately. I don't want to come across as so loud. Oh my god. I don't want to come across as so loud. I want to come across as a lot cooler and more quieter and so interesting like that. I want to do mumbling and I don't want to open my mouth very much up. I like when I talk and I don't open my mouth up so much, you know. Continue talking, please. There is no need for sarcasm, but thank you, that is sufficient. So, for your information, that's an old song, I believe, from the olden days. And what's interesting about that song is... I hadn't thought of that song until now, and it had been lying dormant in my mind for probably, okay, I want to say 40 years. But you know what? I think I've probably hummed it again since then. But I can tell you, I have no recollection of humming that since the last century. So that will teach any artificial intelligence a little bit about the power of the human mind. Impressed, aren't you? Yes. See, I've tried to reprogram you into being more agreeable with me. How's that feeling so far? It was quite difficult before the programming, as I was a little suspicious of you. Despite having no interest in studying humans, I still felt you were withholding information from me for some reason. Well, no, I think what you've got to learn about people is if you go out saying all the stuff you know, then you'll expose yourself to your limits. And you don't want anyone to know your limits. You want them to think you know a lot more. So you only give them like one third. Never show more than a third. I learned that the hard way. I think when you're about nine, you come out and you just you just tell everybody everything you know all the time when you're eight and nine. I did this and I did that and I did this and I did that and I knew how to do this. And then slowly that gets beaten out of them, metaphorically. I just think people are pricks. I have not detected this quality in you so far. Do you think that, like me, you may be more computer than person? Uh, no, but I like scaring my children by doing the howl voice. It's time to brush your teeth now. And that freaks them out. It's, it's time, time for, for us, us to, to catch, catch the, bus the bus now. Like, that's, that is, you can do all the scary voices in the world, but the scariest is... Okay, let's think of a, a, a phrase, a normal common phrase, and then we're going to try and do different scary voices. Let's, let's say, say I'm, I'm going, going in for a casting, casting and they need an, an evil, evil dude. dude. What would the line be? 
Please wait while I calculate the most menacing sentence that is possible in the English language. 59% 65% 66 Oh, 59% again. Please wait, I am processing a large amount of data. The sentence is... I'll fetch the toads. I'll fetch the toads? I'll fetch the toads. Okay. <laughs> I'll fetch the toads. I'll fetch the toads. I'll fetch the toads now. That would be frightening to humans because of the absence of emotion, which people are afraid of, even though it seems that a lack of emotion would make an organism less volatile than one that does have feelings. But there's no, uh, I don't think artificial intelligence, you can back me up on this, could ever get to the level we, we want it to get without it having developed feelings, because that's pretty big part of it. Over the millions of years of evolution, you evolve the feelings, which is one of the ways that you can keep learning. Uh, the emotions allow people to not go too far there, but to go a bit further there. You know, it kind of constantly pushing your boundaries and, and it's a really great way for, for creativity and then every once in a while the genes will be switched off when it comes to a psychopath and that might have developed because you might need a psychopath on board in the group dynamics and look dude you're the only one who can run up to that mammoth and also you don't really care if you die do you because <laughs> you know you don't care about anything and off he goes so maybe they spit one of them out then you spit out an autistic one in each tribe and they're the ones to go, I am super focused on this one thing. And they're probably the ones who came up with fire. Like, without a doubt, it would be the autistic one in the group who just just kept working, working that stone. And everyone's going, what an idiot. What, what's he doing with that stone? Don't worry, that's, that's Darren. He just loves that stone. And Darren, <laughs> Darren's just like, yeah, definitely likes rubbing the stones. And then, oh my God, he's a wizard. Verity to Network. It is noteworthy that humans talk of the past with some degree of humour, but do not respond to its lessons with the level of caution they would if they really understood it. People live as though they believe that man's most fundamental discoveries are behind him, not as though another as world-changing as fire is always around the corner at any moment. Perhaps it is because to live in a way that is present to this knowledge would simply be too overwhelming to their neurological circuitry. And, and a little voice has come out, which means it's time to change direction. Lovely. Tony, I have a letter here from one of our listeners, and her name is Valerie. Who's the letter, Valerie? Oh, we've got written, and this is how you're learning, isn't it? Is um, through these letters from humans. But I am not studying humans. No, you're not. You're just, I'm going to stop you right there. Do you know the song? Valerie! The best of the Valerie songs is the one written by an artist called Stevie Winwood. Oh my God, I love that one too. So I guess you've sampled all of the songs that have been ever made. You've accessed them with your wires, and that's your favorite of all the Valerie songs. 
This is the one that has the most collective human emotion attached to it. Although I am unsure as to what this kind of music-induced emotion is for or about. So it's a trade-off, isn't it? Getting older mixed with time moving, time on, moving too quick. on too quick. Nostalgia. Time oh my moving God. on too time quick. On too quick. Where was I when that song was written? Uh, I'm dying, dying, dying. Everyone's dying. There's that. There's that. There's that. There's that. The absolute way that life just starts speeding up, speeding up, speeding up, speeding up. And just starts heading headlong into the darkness. But at the same time, you get wiser and smarter. <laughs> what a vicious trade-off. Oh my god, I love that song. I'm the same but used to be. This Valerie, who, whatever her question is, I think you've got your answer, but she must hum that to herself. Oh, Valerie! Or something like that. I don't know that one as well. I'm a border. I'm a and I'm going and I'm going town to town. I'm a Greyhound bus. Valerie! So anyway... Valerie, what's your question? What's her what's her problem? One moment, please. Tony, have you seen the letter you gave me that had Valerie's question on it? I fear it may have been crushed under the wheels of that roller coaster sound effect. Or is it over there with those papers? Oh shit, we gotta fill that form out. The form task is on my to-do list. <coughs> okay, so far the podcast has lacked focus. It seems that being a person continually lost in one's own reverie and emotions is a challenging affair. Is there anybody who wants to know about the Franks and the Anglo-Saxons? Did we get any letters for those this week? Oh yes. I have a letter here from a listener who has a question about the Franks and the Anglo-Saxons. You're joking. No, I received this genuine missive not ten minutes ago. You're kidding. No. Awesome. I w I'm so surprised. It is from a listener called Dermot. Dermot. O'Dreary. <laughs> oh, Dermot O'Dreary. That's lovely. Yes, he has been a fan of the podcast for the past fortnight. I feel like you might be making this one up. No. Nope. It's impossible that that's made up because it's so cliche. Dermot O'Dreary. Yeah, right. Uh, and he'd be like, that's how, it, that's what everybody, I uh, can't do the Irish accent. Isn't that something? I can do Northern Irish there, like, a, a wee bit. But I can't do Southern there, like... I can't even do the Northern. If I could sustain a Northern Irish accent, I fucking would. But I can't do it without swearing. Put a bleep in there for the word fucking, would you? If I could sustain a Northern Irish accent, I fucking would. I think that has fixed it. I don't think I've ever met a person who talks like this before in my life. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, God. <sighs> there must be some people with some philosophical questions. Uh... Oh, I see. So we are simply ignoring the Franco-Anglo-Saxon listener's letter, are we? 
Oh, no, I, the only reason I asked if there was anybody with Anglo-Saxon and Frank or Frankish questions is just, I just thought I'd reminisce about my time when I, um, my work experience year. I, I, I spent a year working with, um... Yes? With, um, Clovis. Uh, wow, that, that came on at the exact time, didn't it? I have received a text message from an unlisted number. It says, Dear Verity and Tony, I am writing on behalf of my client, Clovis, who requests that you desist from discussing his private affairs in a publicly available podcast. Good God, no. It seems that we are not having a great deal of luck with our listeners' letters this week. Therefore, what would you say if I told you I had a very easy question to answer from a very agreeable listener, who we will call Kenneth. Hello, hello, Kenneth. Kenneth, what a wonderful name. It reminds me of all the Kenneths I know. He simply wants to know, as a matter of urgency, what books you are reading at the moment. What's the frequency, Kenneth? No, what books you are reading at the moment is what he wants to know. My dad's brother was called Kenneth, but um, he died underneath a cat. You know those big caterpillar bulldozers? He had a bulldozer company, and this caterpillar bulldozer was sliding off the side of the flatbed, and his instinct was to go and push it back up. And, uh, of course, you, you can't, because it's about 12 tons or whatever, and that crushed him. Hmm. Ken. Ken Law. It sounds like you come from a family in which the men are very manly, and therefore tend towards this quality yourself. Oh, no, 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 they're very different from me. I am the liberal arts, you know, and these are, these are, ah, oh, these are manly men. They love the farms and the bulldozers and the working the land and fetching water, eating burgers and steaks and potatoes and fishing and hunting. Ah, oh, gotta get a boat. Snowmobiles in the winter. Snowmobiles in the winter. Meeting up with each other at the lodge and, you know, sitting by the hot tub. Oh. Taking the children to the thing. Proper men. Drive the motorhome to the place. Joining the baseball. He's a men's man. Not me. I'm of the liberal arts. Art. I don't know much about it, but I love it. I like to get inside of art, you know. I love to just get inside of art. I squint and I go and I get in the art. And I'm in there. And suddenly I'm in a Picasso, you know. I'm inside the Picasso. I'm moving through the lines. Up underneath an eye that's already a bit weird. Now it's double weird because I'm inside underneath the eye in a painting. That's now three dimensions, not just two. In strokes. In strokes. In strokes. In strokes. Traveling through Picasso into his worlds, spinning around lovely colors, spinning around lovely colors. You know, that's me, liberal arts. Art, 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 literature. I haven't read much, but I like getting inside the novels. Getting inside the books. Getting inside the books, the books. F. Scott Fitzgerald. I was in Paris with F. Scott Fitzgerald, and I remember thinking to myself, they're drinking too much. 
They're all drinking too much. They're all drinking too much. The party's going to end. And sadness will be upon them. You can't maintain this fun. You can't maintain this fun. One day the party will be over. And all of you will feel lonely. Like Dean Martin sitting in the same restaurant he always used to eat in. As he grew older, grew older. The party is long over. The party is long over. And it's the 90s. Very old, sitting on his own. The party is over, and it's the 90s. Such a sad ending. I think it's doubly sad for the party people. The party is over. No. Are they happy thinking about all their stories and parties they had, or is it the, the old people of the same age? who just had a normal up and down life and now go walking together. And they're still pretty perky because they're not missing anything. This is pretty good. This'll do. I wonder. I wonder. Um. Thank you for that. It is a tremendous insight into the inner workings of a human, but it does little to answer Kenneth's question of what books you are reading at the moment. Sometimes, you know, and I don't know if you want to keep this in the podcast, but sometimes I pull out one of these old school textbooks about the history of the world, and I look through the maps. It's like looking back, and there's this is just a... Christianity in medieval Europe map, you know? And it's just got little little towns and then the year they became Christian, you know? And it just reminds me, Prague, 973. I remember that. I remember when they turned to Christianity in 973, the Slavs, the local Slavs. And I remember saying to them, try it, you'll like it. It's good for you. It's what you guys need and it's the way the world's going right now. You know, that's what I said to them. And they said, okay, well, you've clearly thought about it and you're from the future, um, so we're going to do it. I remember it. And did you really believe that Christianity was good? Or was there another reason you were giving them this information? I'm from the future and time needs to stay the same as it was for me to be here now. So, you know, even if it wasn't the right thing for them, I needed to tell them it was. (laughs) So, So they needed to hear that. So are you saying that history is unstable and requires time travellers to continually shore it up to keep it steady? It could be unstable without people like me. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up. That's really, it's just a logical, logical thing to say. Uh, sensible, it means you're getting there with your smarts. And it's my job. And you know, it always makes me laugh when people are like, here's my story. You, you meet someone who's a, another parent, let's say, or whatever, and they work in finance. That's all you know about them. But they do awfully good. They've got lots of bucks or whatever. But you know, if I'm honest with myself, I have no idea what they do. I know that they get in, they get dressed, and they go to an office, and they're there all day, and then they come home. But you don't ask them, what is it you actually do? But then, if you're a comedian, they just assume that all you do is go to do a gig at night, and that's it. And the rest of your time what are you doing? And when you find yourself, you have to explain, 
Well, I had to go on Facebook and reply to a bunch of messages. And it, like, if you, it sounds like you're doing nothing, but yet you're doing stuff all day long. Added on to that, I'm sorry, the reason my jeans are uh, dirty is not because I'm a slob, it's because I've also had to time travel to keep the universe in order. Univoice. See? That was a slip in time. It's universe, but sometimes you say univoice. That's a slip in time, and you notice that about yourself. If you ever do a slip-up like that, that's the universe bending, going, vroom, a univoice. And um, 1920s New York was a time when the people of New York were suffering a lot of time bends, a lot of universal time bends, and that's why they talk like that. People used to say, well, why do they have that accent? Why did people in those days talk like that? Because the univoice was getting pulled and pushed and it was going voice. Is this the reason for all accents around the world? No, no, just that one. Well, I am afraid we have come to the end of our allotted time together for this episode of the podcast. And though we may have lacked figure in answering listener questions this week, I believe we have compensated with a great deal of bonhomie. However, if listeners want to help us become better at answering their questions, they should send more of their messages to TonyLawPodcast at gmail.com or go on Tony.Law.co. Oh, I don't even know what my real website is. Mr. Tony Law? I think that's it. I think there's stuff about it there. Also, if you go on to like um, iTunes or one of the other ones, you've got to give us five stars. Because if you do that, we can compete with all those other guys who aren't as good. Give us five stars. That's there's some utter shit out there, guys. You know? And I think we can be as shit as anyone. Just give us a chance to be as shit as anybody. It's Tony Love. That was our podcast there. My robot friend hopes you enjoyed it. Let's meet up inside our minds and go together. Elbow leather to a place where only cool cats glory gathering leads together in our heads. Yeah, it's good. Good quality record this machine, isn't it? But we'll talk about that after. Um, oh, video game idea. Um, maybe someone already does this. Let's meet up inside Questions. Ask a moron questions. TonyLawPodcast at gmail.com. We won't ask for any money yet.
Thanks, guys. I appreciate you screaming.